Alright, everybody, uh, welcome back. Last time, there was some shenanigans that went down. That's a way to put it, I guess. Yes, yes. Uh, Sundog went to go to break up with Tiffany and instead just spilled out, hey, no, your uncle's making me do this. He's an asshole. And she concurred. This isn't the first time he's forced someone to break up with her, apparently. Probably won't, uh, depending on how serious they get, it probably won't be the last. Then Megalad got the... Originally it was going to be a rock, but then Vizier was like, no, it's a box now to put uh, their powers and lock them away in case of emergencies. Uh, Then they were made to fix Fortune, the sentient weapon. On top of that, Nikolai activated the NC-12s, and Robin suddenly got the... Also, Mm -hmm. politicking. Oh yes, politicking. There's politicking involved uh, in order to get Bradford Arlen to be the new uh, DHEA director, which is a guaranteed success now. But also, Robin kind of connected some dots together and is like, wait a minute, hold the fuck up. Why did the DHEA and the HCPD, like, hire a third party to figure out who has jurisdiction over the Xerox thing. There's something extremely fishy about that. What the fuck is going on? And so they uh, concocted a plan that involved holding an entire hospital hostage and then kidnapping uh, Arlen and swapping someone who is roughly his size and weight uh, that has been put under with anesthesia and uh, swapping their particular doses and uh that's where we cut off but we're not going to pick up there immediately that that happened well after sundown and maybe other people want to do things during the daylight hours so we're rewinding the clock also for dramatic reasons so you have to sit there vibrating dear audience (laughs) uh as if you haven't been doing that for a while now speaking of like catching up with people earlier Fucking young Megalad. What's he been up to? What's going on? Hey, Colin. I've got a question for you. What? What's been going on with young Megalad? (laughs) Well, (laughs) so he, he, for those of you who don't listen to this and may not remember, he quit the team after Switch stole his powers or the Megalad powers and he's been palling around with his good friends, the Second Chance Society. Which I will say, before you go any further, have been trying their best to follow the contract to the absolute extent of the letter, which involves not pairing you up with uh, the captain list as much as possible. Like, at the bare minimum that your contract allows, they have been pairing you up with the captain list. Wow. They've been pairing you up with a bunch of other people uh, in the meantime, but... Even your character, like, has probably caught on, hey, wait a minute, I'm not hanging out with the capitalist nearly as much as I want to. I only did this because I wanted to learn super speed from him. <laughs> so far, all I can do is about 80, 90 miles an hour. That's not enough. It's nowhere near enough. The fucking freeway speeds, my dude. Yeah. It's pretty fast for a human. 
um, you know. So on the whole, the Second Chance Society, while based in Halcyon City, has been capitalising on the old Megalad's reputation in um, St. Louis. Because all the newspaper articles said was Megalad did a bunch of shit. And it's like, well, that's free publicity for us. <laughs> it's not like old Megalad cares that much. So, yeah, they've been doing a loads of psychic gigging there because there's not a lot of um, mainstream superheroing. The exception, of course, being the capitalists who won't practice anywhere outside of Halcyon because Halcyon's the best and he's the best. And we all love him. Speaking of which, it, today is one of those days where you're supposed to be teamed up with the capitalist and you have a normal, usual meeting spot and you have been waiting for an hour and he has not shown up. Uh, is this usual for him to keep me waiting or? No, it is not. Uh, I guess I'm in the second chance society. I mean, like... It, it's it's up to you where you normally meet him. Uh, it's probably there because, you know, it's all contracted yeah. to them, isn't it? Yeah. So they'd probably be saying, like, this is the schedule, this is what the rehab's looking like today. Mm-hmm. Whether they're legit or not, I don't know, but certainly that's what an organisation would do. I guess i go speak to one of the supervisors, like, you know, what, what gives? He's late. The supervisor goes, uh, yeah, uh, he hasn't called in either, so, um, I'm not sure what's going on. Hey, uh, he's got a place here, like, downtown that, uh, that, you know, he pays for. Like, he, he might still be home, he just might have read the schedule wrong. Do you want to go check on him there, meet him there instead? Yes, please give me your client's address. You would know where the capitalist lives. You are 100%. Like, there's, there's one thing I know about Megalad is that he knows where the capitalist lives, whether the capitalist wants him to or not. He wanted me to. <laughs> he, he did. What his motives were for helping me, I don't know, but he he, he liked me. But yeah. You can't take that. You can't take that away from me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'll go down his, uh, you know, I'll have a bit of a run to his address. I'll try and remember some of the lessons that he taught me about going fast. Colin, what are the lessons that he taught me about going fast? Uh, it's, 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 listen, I cannot run at 90 miles an hour in real life, so I cannot help you there. There's only so much science I can put behind this sort of thing, and that's not it. All right. I'll, I'll have to roleplay these lessons myself. So, in order to go fast, I have to think fast. I have to feel fast. It's fine, it, you know, while I'm on the way, it's, it's time to try 100 miles an hour. Let's try for that. All right. Uh, go ahead and roll me um, athletics difficulty, we'll say five. Oh. Shouldn't it make it a bit easier? No, I don't. Damn, I'm stuck. <laughs> um, okay. Um, well, I was going to punish you by, for every margin of error that you, uh, that you failed by, I was going to have you tick a, uh, physical stress box, but I think that 
instantly puts you to at least a minor consequence, because uh, you got a zero. Yeah, let's not give me physical consequences for Joe Crawls. No, I'll do it. You have to either spend a fate point or you're going to take a minor consequence. Fuck it. Give me the minor consequence. What's the worst you can do to me? I mean, a minor consequence. I trip over and scrape my knee and no, it hurts No, you, you basically slam face first into a wall of a building and there's only so much the blur can do to make that not hurt at the speeds you're going considering it's a surprise and we have established that surprises do hurt you so yeah uh, minor consequence is um we'll say bruised face okay and also i think you have to tick your third um your third physical uh stress box because that's because you're subtracting with that consequence you're a bully i'm not a bully i'm playing by the rules of the game my dude yeah, that's bullying me. Okay, well... <laughs> the stress box will go away at the scene and the consequence is very easy to get rid of. Yeah, the, the consequence, like, you can roll for a minor consequence at the end of every scene and it only is yes. a difficulty two or mm. four if you're trying to heal it yourself. Yeah, but making me face consequences is bullying. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> okay, I get that. Yeah, you eventually do get there. Uh, your half of your face is kind of like got a darker blue tint to it than normal. You head up the elevator and uh, when you get to his apartment and the place is a fucking mess. There's dirty laundry everywhere. There's just like empty pizza boxes piled up on the coffee table. And you see him just like in his sleeping wear, which is just basically like um, boxer shorts and uh, and an undershirt. And he's just like laying on the couch, holding an empty bottle of alcohol. And it definitely smells like he was drinking well into the night. So what's like the front door open and Gary just walks in? I would imagine Gary has a key. I just, you know, I just vibrate so fast I move through the door. Yeah, that too. Ah. Bullshit. Okay. (laughs) That's the thing that the the Flash can do, honestly. I'm aware that's the thing the Flash can do. (laughs) But the Flash is bullshit. That that is objective. (laughs) I don't know about this guy, though. Also, you could just say that the door is unlocked because Sam was too drunk to actually flip the latch. Yeah, that's also probably more I probably knock then just open the door. Yeah, and then you walk into that scene. Sup, dude? Good party? Is that how young Gary talks now? It's, Sup, been, a, it's been a while since I played this character. Uh, you want some coffee? I want to be fucking left alone. Bit of coffee. All right, you, uh, you start making the coffee. Um, he's got some pretty good, uh, like, I don't drink coffee, so I don't know what a, a, a good brands would be, but like, he's, pro- he's probably got like some- Imported. Yeah, like it's like imported and shit. Um, and you start making coffee and he just starts slowly getting up and just like 
slapping his face so that he wakes up. Does Sam drink that fucking civet coffee? <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's the one that's made through uh, the beans that are eaten and then digested by, by uh, the civet cat. Mm. Oh, uh, no, he does not eat. He's, he's not that fancy. Okay. Fancy big quotation marks there. So, yeah, and while the, while the kettle's boiling, um, I'm just kind of cleaning what I can at super speed. You know, he said practice. All right, he starts uh, slowly getting up and just sort of like stumbling towards his bedroom to get dressed. I clean everything except his bedroom then. Okay. He comes out and he's obviously having trouble putting on the fucking ridiculous uh, suit that the Second Chance Society ha has on for him. Like he's got he's got like the armor bit on, but like he's having trouble putting on like the uh, like the gauntlets and like all the belt buckles on his uh, legs are just like giving him issues. And uh, at some point he just like sort of stumbles over one end and goes, fucking. <laughs> OK, no, no, I'm not doing this night. No, go get out of here. You know, just leave all the bullshit. Just basic costume, yeah? Who needs all that extra bollocks? <laughs> uh, I'm contractually obligated to wear this, Gary. You're contractually obligated to see me an hour ago, so let's not, let's not pull that bullshit anymore. You know, let's just take it chill and have a good day superheroing. Good day superheroing. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. I haven't had a good day in six goddamn years, Gary. Probably longer than that. Well, this will be the first. I somehow really, really doubt it. Let's see, you got some good coffee, your apartment's clean, things are already looking up from where you were an hour ago. No, I'm, uh... <sighs> I'm not doing this. I'm not going out there. I'm not putting on a fucking dog and pony show for Elaine Pelfrey. You're not putting it on for her. You're putting it on for yourself. You know, the good the good days are going to come, but, you know, you've fuck done... Fuck you. Fuck you. Okay, just fuck you. Do you want to know why I took you in all those years ago? It's because... I needed a sidekick to help my numbers for running for mayor, and you were the only fucking kid I could take into battle and trust not to fucking die. That's it. You were there to help me look good. Okay, so we both got something out of it then. Look, you're not going to drive me away by treating me like shit because 
I've been treating you like shit since the day I met you, so obviously I'm not going to tr drive you away by treating you like shit. <sighs> I mean, you can sit, you can wallow, you can let everything that you pretended to stand for or did stand for, I don't know what was real and what was fake, you know, I was fully 13 when I met you and frankly some of this is very much a little bit of hero worship but you did change my life and you've changed a lot of people's lives you helped a lot more people than you killed so I still killed 14 fucking people I'm a murderer and nothing's going to change that get the fuck out get the fuck out of my house right now stop worshipping me because I don't fucking deserve it get the fuck out Okay, I'll be back with some antidepressants. Uh, at that point, after you leave, he slams and locks the door. He knows that it can't physically stop you. He's hoping that locking the door will at least give you the idea that, no, he does not want you in his house anymore. Or that you work on vampire rules. <laughs> A locked door, my only weakness. Oh, I best go see if there's any other... Um, is there any other people actually interested in their rehab today? Oh yeah, there's plenty of people um, who you can uh, team up with. When you get back to base, well, when you get back to the Second Chance Societies... Um, sorry. First of all, a place like this uh, would probably have some kind of psychologist or, you know, someone to help talk people through this their stuff. It's not just, here. I'm a guy, let's send the superiors out on the mission, yeah? Yes, but also, like, they kind of suck at it. The Second Chance Society is more about looks than it is about function. We'll put it that way. You've sort of learned that. So while there is a psychiatrist on staff, they suck at their job, essentially. Like, you, it, it's technically better than nothing by the slimmest of margins, but mm, boy... You can tell they were scraping the bottom of the barrel there to save some money. Basically, they just provide permission slips for the pharmacy and nothing else that's useful. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I guess I begin by... Um, well, I begin by approaching the psychiatrist then and letting him know that capitalist is showing signs of depression. I may add the word again if this has happened before. It hasn't happened before to you, but you hear the psychiatrist go, ah, oh, shit, not again. Okay. Uh, just, like, starts typing at a computer to electronically send um, antidepressants to capitalists' pharmacy of choice. It's time to go talk to Elaine. All right, so you go up to the floor that uh, her office is on, and, like, there's a small, like, area before her office and like her secretary uh looks up and he goes do you have an appointment nope okay uh give her just a minute she's in a meeting right now uh very important so just wait right here i'm sure she'll see you afterwards okay i'll take a seat on the ceiling <laughs> okay uh, he doesn't even blink this is normal for you go ahead and roll me 
super senses, like the super hearing and shit. Yeah. Um, That's a one. One. Okay. So, on a one, you can't hear any specifics, but you hear three voices. You de- you can definitely identify Elaine's. So you've talked with Elaine enough to be able to identify her, even to muffled. The second voice sounds male and has some sort of accent. And the third one also sounds male and is kind of uh, deep and scratchy. Cannot identify the speakers, though, or like anything about them aside from that. Okay. Good to know. After a few minutes, you hear a noise like some sort of portal opening up and then closing. And then Elaine comes out and says, uh, is there anybody? Gary, hi, yes, great job, great, good. Uh, come on, come on in. I want, I need to speak to you actually. Something very big's about to happen. I want you to be part of it. Okay, cool. Um, uh, I need to talk to you as well. So this works out. All right, cool, good. Um, can your thing wait? Mine is pretty important. Let's, let's walk and talk, let's walk and talk. And she like motions for you uh, to follow her into the elevator. Ah, walking and talking, the best way to convey information while also making stuff happen. Yes. I love the West Wing. <laughs> let's bring in a shot reverse shot too, just to make everything complete. Mm. <laughs> All right, so um, we've got a big, big to-do today. Uh, hopefully everybody's here. D- did Sam come? Uh, no, that's part of what I needed to talk to you about, really. See, I've been hanging around, and while I love the idea of this whole Second Chance Society, um, it's got a lot of potential. It don't really seem to be doing a lot of good, or much of anything beyond, you know, looking impressive. Gary, 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 you need to look at the bigger picture. It's, it's, we're, we're ju- we've only been around for a couple of years, so we're just trying to get started. And what better way to get people interested than to look good and look sharp? You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure the psychiatrist got his degree from. It doesn't matter where the psychiatrist got his degree from. It's just a matter of us drumming up the support that the heroes need, and then we can move into giving them the help that they truly deserve. Right now, we can we can only do so much. Well, we need to we need to think about how we can at least make the missions effective. Because I've been here a few months now, and like how I can't think of anyone who's actually made any progress like professor firebomb still talks about fire all the time he does have a very one-track mind yes so he's not he's not showing up but everybody else should be here that's good that's good i wish sam was here but you know one or two stray members uh we, we can get them into the uh into the swing of things later um 
When you notice that the elevator ride has been going on for a while, like you're definitely past like the main floor and uh, or the main lobby, and you've gone like down into like the basement levels. Wait, since when did this place have a basement? Carry on. Oh, I'm not going to think about that. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, the doors open, and she leads you down like a long, like gray bricked hallway. So. Uh, last night, I'm sure you remember that there was an incident involving the vampire. Yeah, um, I read about it this morning. Right, right. Okay, that's good. Um, so we here have taken that tragedy and turned it into a golden opportunity. And she, like, leads you into a room where, like, basically... Everybody uh, who works for the Second Chance Society that is like super powered is there. And she says, uh, just have a seat anywhere, like in- anywhere free. Okay, I'll sit on the ceiling. I- Colin, hmm. you know she would say it. Tragitunity. <laughs> she would. I just, oh God, I don't want to do that line over though. <laughs> but yes, tragitunity. So. She steps behind uh, a podium. She goes, hey, everybody. Great to see you all here today. Uh, I'm glad that we're all here, ready and willing to go. And I'm excited to bring you to the next step of the Second Chance Society's mission. And she flips something underneath the uh, podium and the screen, the big screen that she had stepped in front of uh, behind her starts flashing blue and red. And uh, we're just gonna leave it at that. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Who wants to go next? I've got a thing. All right. Like we were discussing last time, there is one more thing I had wanted to tie up, which is uh, getting Prima's new accommodations settled. Okay. And that is essentially that um, there have been contractors hired to produce similar materials as to what was found on the alien ship, the Kakth ship. But, uh, well, to start the scene in Medias Res, uh, Zero has just sort of got one hand on the material and says, I'm afraid that this will not be sufficient. Unlike human beings, Prima's primary senses are touch and scent. As such, while this is a reasonable facsimile of the appearance of the material, the physical texture of it is entirely different. Prima will notice the difference. In addition, the material also needs to have a certain level of porosity to collect the scent that Prima emits as pheromones. It has been noted that the material of the ship is infused with the sense of the various cacth who worked on the vessel. I do not think we will be able to replicate that entirely, 
but the more scent that Prima is able to detect, the more at home, I believe, they will be. Chris Hartwood just sort of nods and uh, says, yeah, um, the, the problem here is that uh, we are having issues duplicating it exactly. Like, this is a material that we've never really seen before. So unless there are cacks out there in our universe that build ships the same way, I don't know how we're going to be able to replicate it to the exact specifications that um, Prima is going to need. Well, do bear in mind my earlier assertion, the appearance of the material is not as essential. If we can duplicate its important qualities, texture and porosity, then they may not care so much about the actual shape and color. That's an interesting uh, idea. Um, I'm just trying to think what kind in your opinion, what insect would you say Prima most closely resembles from a scientific standpoint, not like a visual, but like genus, etc. Ants. Okay, alright, um, hold on a second, uh, and he gets up and heads over to an area where he has a bunch of different, like, insect colonies, like ant farm, termite farm, um, all, all those sorts of, like, colony-based uh, insects, and uh, he goes bullet ants or army ant, um, farm ant, house ant, fire. Carpenter ant. Alright. Um, he reaches for a uh, carpenter ant farm, gently takes it out of the area, moves it over to his desk, just like sort of puts her hand in there, and the ants just sort of like crawl up her hands for a little bit and she like then she like takes it out and she um just sort of starts like staring at her hand as like there's a couple ants on it and um you can definitely tell that he's using his powers to like communicate with them and see if there's like anything that they can convey to like help with the construction of this material and after a while they just sort of nod and then like put their hand back down and the ants just sort of crawl off and he picks up the farm and puts it back where it belonged and he goes all right um i think we might have an idea but uh we can send you like the schematics later i believe that will be sufficient however if you do not hear back from me soon after sending please proceed on your own i may be out of the loop for the near future all right. Okay. I get it. Is it something that you can tell me, or is it something I'm going to have to figure out on my own? If our team is successful, it is something that you will not need to concern yourself with. kind of want him to push on this. I just don't know what to roll for that. I mean, it depends on the approach. You would want to roleplay that pushing, and if it's like a... a camaraderous, uh, you know, let's let's all be a team and communicate properly kind of thing, it'd be rapport, but if it's like a 
like you're trying to guilt trip the robot for keeping secrets, then it's provoke. So you actually want to role play out Chris's response here. All right, all right, right. Um, so um, he goes, you know, it's my job that I to be in the loop on these things. And I know you say that it, if you're successful, then I don't need to concern myself. But that is a big if there zero. So uh, I would like to know ahead of time so that way I can properly prepare for if you fail. So that would be provoke because he is trying to guilt trip. Uh, he gets a big fat zero. I'm guessing I'm rolling will. Yes. That's a three. So uh, yeah, he definitely does not like guilt trip you into letting you know. I am prepared to offer a full report of my actions upon my return. However, if things go badly enough that I am unable to return, then it is very likely that the planet will be wiped out between the blinks of an eye. So believe me when I tell you, you most likely do not want to know. Alright, I'm gonna trust you on this. She, she just sort of raises her hands and like sort of leans back in a universal, like, I'm not going to push anymore. Is everybody good to stop having things happen during daylight hours? Well, there's still the hell metal thing, but like I said, I kind of want reinforcements on that. And if Switch is preoccupied, maybe it's something me and Felix can do together. Like, I would be in and out. There's a, there's a period of time where, like, after I've spoken to Arlen in his office and uh, before he gets off work, that I'm, like, in and out of the base... I'm probably not good for conversation because I am just a really obvious ball of nervous energy and I'm constantly pacing about and like talking to myself. So I might not be good for anything, but I'm at least present. I can't be involved in anything because both my characters are literally out of action. But yeah, so Switch is very clearly overwhelmed to the point where that even the robot can tell. And uh, we, we do need a conversation with... Um, What's his face? Calvert. Calvert. But yeah, sounds like it's time for one of the rare uh, Nikolai Felix team-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dog-shaped robot buddy, go. <laughs> I knew that was coming. But yeah, it would just start out of the base. Uh, I would approach Felix and say, excuse me, but... I require your assistance. I need to speak with Wesley Calvert about returning the Hell Metal back to Hell. And as he has never shown anything but dislike for me, and his protege appears to be otherwise occupied, looking over at uh, Robin pacing, muttering to themselves, I believe your assistance would be invaluable. All right, I well. First of all, I'm happy to help, but I'm I'm not 100% certain that he does, doesn't does like you. He's just kind of hard to read like that. But, you know, 
It makes you feel better to go along with you. It does not. However, I think it would be useful. Okay. So we're we going now, or arranging the handoff before we leave would most likely be helpful. Oh, I don't know if you had that set up already or something. The Queen of Hell did not seem to be the type of person with a surfeit of patience. Okay, so let's uh, go make a deal with the devil. Well, we already made the deal. I think we're just closing on the deal. That is correct. We will need to disassemble and remove the electronics from the parts that we have altered, but I don't believe that our team will be required for that aspect. I would be very little help with it, too, so... Yeah. Alright, let's go uh, uphold our end of a deal with the devil. Cut to... Yeah, you're eventually allowed up into Calvert's office, and um, he's tapping at his computer when you guys enter. Felix, it's been a while. How's it going? See in his armor, by the way. He is, but therapy is a slow process, and he only started three three months ago. Okay, just curious. I've been going to therapy. Hey, good for you. How's that working? Slowly. I believe it's having a positive impact, though. It means better than nothing. So, what do I owe the pleasure of this visit? You should have received our reports about our journey into actual, literal Christian hell. It was fun. It says here there's an alternate dimension that's separate from all other dimensions. So, that's Great something. place. They're going to get in a summer home there. The boiling lake of blood is really lovely. I imagine it would be very hot. It did have an oddly flesh theming it to it. You never go hungry so long as you're not, you know, picky about what kind of meat you're eating. It's almost that's like the only, that's the only image that the GM could find. No, he doesn't say that. Why did you just, like, look at a wall and say that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. I'm going insane. Well, good news is you're already in therapy. <laughs> Regardless, they do apparently have some minerals as well, since the Venterium we acquired was sourced directly from that dimension. Which we need to return now, lest we get uh, late fees, and I do not want to pay Hell's late fees. The Queen of Hell was remarkably inexperienced with business decisions. I feel like they mostly relied on fear. I understand that. You need to have something to back it up, though, but I understand it. Yeah, like I said, I think they just, like, threw the weight of being, you know, Lord of Hell around and did not expect anyone to actually check that. As it is, we would no longer have to worry about her opinions or power set as soon as we return the Venterium to its original owner. We do, of course, have plans for removing the electronics and other assets attached to the parts of the Venterium we used. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, we may be absent from the planet 
from the near future. And so we are making sure that it will be returned once the uh, deconstruction is complete. As I understand it, it is a relatively simple hexagon pattern, and the animal sacrificed to open the portal is relatively small. Slightly more complicated than a drop box. So you need materials to open a portal to hell to return metal that you borrowed from Lilith, the queen of hell. We stole the metal from the person who did borrow the metal. However, she is not interested in the particulars and simply wants the metal back. I'm kind of shocked. I'm like surprised that you're surprised that we would do this. No, no, it's well opening a sacrificing an animal in a ritualistic manner is actually blipping on my weirdo meter. I mean, like the city. stealing metal from hell and then making a deal with the devil. No, and that, that, that wasn't that. That wasn't anywhere That's like near. Friday I, night. I, yes, it is. All right. You're not doing it in my office. I would not suggest that. I assume it makes a mess. Like somewhere with like easily scrubbed floors. When you are ready for for it to be moved, let Arnold know. Oh, um, you might have to find some sort of deal with Lilith. Part of the bargain that I made with Robin at the time is that I got a cut of the Venterium for personal use. So you won't be getting 100% of it back. And I imagine, if I've read Lilith's profile correctly, she'll be rather childish in response to. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, maybe we can find something else that she would want, that she would accept in return. I believe that her first instinct would be to demand our lives as payment. I would like to avoid and that. If you are involving yourself in acquiring this Venterium, then your life would also be on the list, Mr. Calvert. Go ahead and roll Provoke. He is going to roll Will. Spoiler alert. He's Holy got shit. How Nicolai good. all pluses. <laughs> well, That's a I will seven. say this. He does have a better than average chance of actually beating that. What's uh, what's Felix's provoke score? Is it greater than zero? Well, <laughs> Ooh. well it's not greater than zeros. Uh, so that's a seven and uh, another seven, folks. Felix doesn't oh. have provoke at all. I have provoke, uh, but yeah, it's only okay. two. Yeah, Kat wasn't asking whether it is better than mine zero, but whether it is better than oh. the number zero. Oh, okay. You can understand my confusion, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, uh, you just being there to help and making arguments as well uh, does the assist action, which actually makes zero's roll an eight. I know that you'll probably just spend a fate point to 
negate my spending a fate point, but I am going to spend a fate point and invoke uh, Silver Security LLC because what he is using it for is technically a Silver Security based project. So that would fall under that aspect and bump mine up to a nine. All right. Well, I will spend a fate point as well and invoke always defend those who need defending. See, we brought our dinosaur who eats force field dogs. <laughs> this was pointless. Because, you know, getting Lilith mad would probably provoke an invasion or at least an incursion of some sort. And I am actively trying to keep Calvert from harm here. So he leans back, steeples his fingers together, puts them under his chin in thought. Makes a little clanking noise. He does. Very well. It will take a little bit longer, but I can get what I need from our Brazil source in Brazil anyway. That would be preferable. I'm going to need time to dismantle it. Forgive me for not wanting you to see what I'm working on, but you know, I'm in the business of stopping people like you if you get out of control. Fair enough, it does happen. Uh, so there wouldn't be like there wouldn't be anything that she would accept in lieu of all the Venterium. Maybe a nice fruit basket, wine basket. I imagine there's not really good, like, orchard growing land down there. She would probably demand at least some sort of sacrifice. Whether it is all of our lives or someone else's, I can't what say. Like I... one of those Kobe cows. You know, like the Wagyu or whatever it is in Japan. The really nice ones. Sacrifice one of those. I mean, they have a lot of meat down there, but I don't know, like, the kind of quality meat they have. It's This is kind of out in the open, which I guess that's dry-aged, but still, like... The... You're rambling. I am. Dry-aged, despite the name, is performed in a humid environment. Meat that has actually been dried is either jerky or inedible. You cannot convince me that hell would not be humid. There's also such a thing as wet-aged meat. Oh yeah, you can it's not as good. seal it. Regardless, from the limited interactions I have had with Lilith, the impression I got would be that any attempts to further negotiate the deal would result in added penalties for daring to talk back. If we wish to acquire more Venterium directly from the source, the best approach would be to start with a fresh discussion, and preferably with someone who is not Lilith herself. Yes, like I said, she acts like a child when she doesn't get her way, from what I can tell. What about one of those, like, really nice melons that they do in Japan, that they, like, like someone hand attends to them, almost, like... They, like, grow them in little hammocks so they never touch the ground. About, like, one of those. Do you want to get Japanese food before... I'm just leaving? hungry. Felix, you're making me hungry. Stop okay, it. Okay, so we'll go make it... We'll go bro broker the deal with the devil, and then we'll go get sushi or something. Fortunately, the deal has been brokered. It simply remains to deliver the payload. I believe the Vizier can handle the messy aspects of the transfer, and I will inform him to await the uh, 
engineers call once the Venterium suit has been dismantled. Chinese hot pot, that's what I want. Did you just look it up on your phone while we were talking? Yeah. I'm hungry. Sort of rubs his brow at that, like through the mask you can hear you can hear the scraping a little bit. Ugh. It sounds like time is of the essence according to Zero here. We have not provided a specific timetable. However, based on Lilith's disposition, the sooner, the better. So why are you still in my office, then? I just like hanging out with you. He actually takes a pause on that. Like, he just sort of, like, stops moving for a second, and you can tell, like, he's honestly just, like, shocked at that a little bit, and that's something that is a... a little relatively new like he wouldn't have blinked at that before so like yeah therapy's like doing something he goes i see yeah no i like i don't like we don't hang out a lot and i feel like we kind of have a good like uh straight man joker vibe going you know like a laurel and hardy thing i like what we got also you know despite you know, like your whole outward gruffness you're a good guy. He pauses. You can see his shoulders move a little bit as he uh, inhales and exhales, and he goes, "Thank you." I'm no, seriously like, uh, willing to hang out more. Like seriously, serious offer on that. Getting like, I, I, I do kind of want Chinese hot pot now. So when we're done with this serious offer, if you want like meet up, I'll pay. I'll pay. I have considerably more money than you do. And that's including your casino games. Okay, uh, I'll cover the tip then. Fair enough. Cool. All right, uh, let's go to hell. Well, we're not actually going to hell. We're just getting something arranged for while we're gone. Look, I just, I just wanted a good liner to leave on. Come on, man, work <laughs> with me. This is like as we're walking out of the office. We are not going to hell. We are going to another dimension, but not the hell dimension. We gotta work on our banter. Noted. Wesley might be the straight man, but Zero is the straightest man. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, so yeah, you. I take it you head over to... Uh, the Vindicator's building to speak with uh, Vizier? I'm just gonna send him off, uh, send off a text. You, you would definitely have been aware of this, like, when I asked him how to send some, something to hell, he had to have asked why. <laughs> okay. So yeah, just a little text to update him on the situation and inform him what phone number to expect to hear from for that, uh, I'm imagining in my head that sometimes Zero texts in one of the, one of their personalities. <laughs> you never expect it from a robot. Like, Zero uses a lot of uh, emojis. <laughs> What's up, V-Man? Need instructions on how to get to hell. What's the P.O. box for hell? <laughs> Just for funsies, uh, when Wesley shows up for your uh, sushi lunch, 
he does not show up in full regalia. He just shows up in a normal business suit that's like covered like a silverish gray. You can see his face in everything. It's, it's, it's hard to weird. Eat this, it's, I would imagine it'd be hard to eat with the suit on. It, it, it would be, but like he could just like show up in it and take the mask off and eat somewhere private. No, he just shows up in like out in public, not wearing the suit at all. Actually, imagine if he doesn't wear the suit, like most people will not recognize him. This is true. Most people won't. Showtime. All the doctors start moving and uh, taking care of what they need to take care of. Um, they hook Bradford up to the machinery that they need to hook him up to, and they start getting... They've long since gotten their uh, materials prepped and everything, and they are starting to, like, make the incisions necessary to do open brain no. surgery, essentially. There, no, no incisions, oh. nothing. Oh, no incisions? Oh. So, uh, Arlen gets knocked out. I got an x-ray technician in here and a portable oh, yeah. x-ray machine. So the x-ray tech is going to start taking a bunch of x-rays of Arlen's skull so we can locate the chip and also figure out how big it is. All right. May I recommend an MRI? Uh, I couldn't get an MRI machine into uh, the bunker where we're situated. Yeah, there's so much that this bunker can do. MRI wouldn't be in the wheelhouse unless you unplugged a lot of shit. Actually, no, nothing would be hooked up down here. Like, so, never mind. Still couldn't probably it probably an MRI. It probably doesn't have the power draw necessary to run an MRI. Yeah. I'm not going to roll for it because that would be really boring if it was a failure. Uh, the x-ray technician takes a while to find the chip because it is kind of small. It's not like this big, huge, honking, uncomfortable, like, piece of essentially pressed rock in his uh, in his brain. It's fairly small, fairly innocuous, and it just takes a long time to locate. And uh, he says, I think I've got it. I've either got it or I've or this is the start of a brain tumor and I'm going to be more positive than that at this moment in time so I think I've got it alright well get me as close to a 360 coverage on it as you can I need to know the volume that I'm working with here alright um he does it it takes a while capital A capital W but he does eventually get that for you and gives you the specs, essentially. Yeah. Get all of the x-rays just kind of laid out. Get a... Th this was a fucking super genius's bunker. There's going to be a set of calipers in here somewhere we can <laughs> use to, like... Because he has to measure the skull. Calipers are a thing, Colin. <laughs> I know they. I know they. I are. own a I set. Have to make and the I've joke. never measured a human skull with one. <laughs> I just had to make the joke. So yes, he will get you as close to the uh, specs as he possibly can. 
so I know where in the skull cavity it is, like, relative to a reference point, like, the tip of his nose, like, how far back, how far up, like, we locate it based on a reference point that I can easily figure out. We figure out how big it is, and then I turn to the neurosurgeon that I have coerced into this operation and ask, okay, so... Uh, what can I... It's, is it safe to just take straight out? Like, none of you are cutting here. I'm consulting you on if I just swapped this straight out of his head. Is that going to cause problems? Uh, yeah, that would cause some problems. Worst case scenario, uh, if you were to introduce air into the skull like that, it would probably cause a seizure that would kill him. Uh, sick. Okay. Best case scenarios aren't much better. Okay, cool. So what can I put in there instead of air? Because I have to get that thing out. I just had... I just had the mental image of, like, Robin carefully trying to judge the weight of a bag of sand like uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones. <laughs> Do you have any saline down here? No, but I can go get some from the hospital. All right, yeah, go go get some. Um, he gives you, like, based off of the um, size of the chip that he's seeing and how much saline he, you would need, he gives you an amount, and he says, bring more just in case, but yeah. Oh, well, if I'm just, like, putting saline straight in there, what I'll do is I will swap the chip and the saline directly, so I'll just get a whole bag and I'll match volumes so the chip will be in the saline solution, because if it's okay. good to hang out in a skull, it shouldn't break in saline. Okay. All right. So I will, I will find out from the hospital director. Like, where do you keep your brand new bags of saline? She will tell you. I will go and pilfer one. You pilfer one. I'm not making you roll for this. There's no reason to roll for that. There's no one who can stop me. No. So I'll get it. I'll come back. I got the. I got a big old clear bag of saline, mm -hmm. and I will lay it out on a table and now I'm going to be very careful because I cannot see my target here which means that this has to be done based on visualization I cannot target the chip as an entity because I can't see it so I have to like know its dimensions know its volume and know where it is and I have to target that space and swap the contents of that space with an equivalent volume of saline. I'm going to need you to roll swap. Difficulty six. Yeah, this is an extremely valid time to ask me to roll dice. I roll a seven. You roll a seven? Congratulations. If I had known that it was a you had a plus five, I probably would make that a little tougher, but eh. <laughs> swap is my best stat. I keep forgetting that for some reason. For some reason, I keep thinking something else is your best stat, but why would it be? But yes, uh, you successfully swap the chip and the amount of saline, and it just sort of floats in there. There's the tiniest little indicator light that sort of like fades as it's no longer connected to uh, electrical impulses in the brain. And uh, yeah, congratulations. He no longer is brain chipped. 
Okay. I step out of the Faraday cage, and I get on my cell phone, and I call Zero. Hello. Hi. Please, please, please tell me you're not busy right now. I have completed my tasks for the evening. Beautiful. Okay. I... I have a piece of computer technology that I need analyzed. Can I have you get one of the the isolated laptops that we purchased? Um, can you get that and stand on extraction point one for me, please? Very well. I'm currently out on patrol. ETA is 10 minutes. Okay, uh, thanks. I will hang up. I'll walk back into the Faraday cage. Okay, um, I don't need you anymore, pointing at the x-ray tech. I don't need you anymore, pointing at the volunteer. I... You should stay, pointing at the neurosurgeon, just in case, just to, like, observe. Okay. Uh, And I definitely still need you, pointing at the anesthesiologist, because he has to stay under for a while. Uh, And, you know, your personnel manager, so you get to stay as well, speaking to the director. So, you two, if you two want to go home, you can. They very much would like to, yes. Okay. Just bunch up. I'm gonna just put you back in her office. It's probably still empty. I was in there a lot. Well, a lot. So, uh, I am highly unlikely to uh, do this incorrectly. I will do some uh, do some visualization, and I'll actually before I do as I'm like getting it together. Uh, your cell phones will be returned when everything's done here, and uh, don't cause a scene. We're still not done here. The threat is still active, and then I put them back in the hospital. All right, they are back in the hospital. I'm just, it's and then we all just like sit here and wait ten minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Ten minutes pass. Zero pops in, and what happens next? Hi. Um. So I know you don't do this, but I have to ask anyway. Please don't freak out. I know I've done a a kind of a huge thing here, but please just bear with me. And I lead you into the Faraday cage where uh, Bradford Arlen is uh, anesthetized and is surrounded by some distressed-looking medical professionals. What are the circumstances? The circumstances are this, and I grab the bag of saline with a chip floating in it. I needed to get this out of his head, because I am pretty sure that the transistor tyrant has programs in it. Uh. And I needed him to not know I was doing it because I don't know if this thing has like reactive programming to fry his brain if he knows it's coming, if it, if it detects that this is happening. So, uh, I, I've, I've done a thing that's going to make a lot of people that has, looking at the director, uh, made some people very mad at me. And uh, I'm, I'm going to hold that. But right now, I like shake the bag a little bit. This is the most important thing. So you have brought the laptop here in order to analyze the chip. Yes. And I uh, 
would very much appreciate your help, because you're a lot better at this than I am. That is true. Very well. It appears that these are exceptional circumstances. Thank you so much. I'll lead Zero over to a workstation. We can get the chip out of the bag and dry it off and solder it in or whatever has to be done and begin our analysis. Okay. Kind of want you to roll investigate for this because that's a weird thing to roll for this, but I feel like it's correct because you're trying to figure out what this chip does exactly. I mean, I've got to investigate. I don't. I specifically got rid of it because I thought you would be having us roll engineering. I talked <laughs> about my expectation that we'd be rolling engineering. Okay, Bitch. yeah. If <laughs> mm. I got that too. Uh, okay, if you want to roll, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and roll engineering. Like I like I I feel like the argument could be made for either. So if you want to make it either, if you want to make it the one that someone can help out with, then go for it. Also, engineering is one point higher. Okay. And, uh, yeah, incidentally, just as a reminder, engineering is crafts, but renamed. Yes. For mm -hmm. modern setting, so. So this, um, this role is one higher than it looks because I will be providing assistance by virtue of the fact that I have engineering at plus one. And also I've got two fate points that I'm willing to throw at this problem. Same. Uh, so what's the target? The target is five. All right. All right. All right. Rolled flat on engineering as a three, which becomes a four. Yep. We need to get it to an eight. So I, for my part, one point sapient colony of nanites, obviously. Yep. And one point. Uh, my dad is a techno genius supervillain, so I know how techno genius supervillains think. <laughs> okay. All right. So, the information that you would have gotten without the success with style is that it works as advertised. This thing is designed to keep psychics from being able to read minds of DHEA agents, used to prevent all sorts of mind control shenanigans. Sometimes it doesn't always work if it's especially powerful but it does make it harder for it to go through. The success with style information that you're getting is that there is one and exactly one thing that this chip does that is not as advertised. It can implant memories into people. So he can have all sorts of shit that he remembers that is definitely not true. And he would 100% believe it because it's his memories. Why would he doubt his own memories? It's the ultimate in gaslighting technology. I have talked to people. That's just the <laughs> thing that happens with regular people. <laughs> I have good news and bad news. The good news is that this device is not rigged to explode. Okay. The bad news is that it does have the capability to 
rewire memory neurons. It is exceptionally sophisticated. It appears that memories can be programmed, not simply removed or altered, but added. Robin's like, not just their face, their whole body is going on a journey during that <laughs> explanation. Oh, I fucking knew it. Okay. In, a, in an extremely inappropriate motion, I, like, pump my arms victoriously. <laughs> <sighs> okay, thank God I was right. I don't know what I was going to do if I was wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, shit. Oh, fuck, that's so bad. Oh, that's so fucking bad. Um, You are not reacting as if the news was bad. Well, I'm glad I was right, because I'm going to have to wake him up and explain things to him. And if just and if the chip was normal, then that would have looked then that would have probably seriously wounded the relationship that I have with Bradford Arlen. And that relationship is one that I value. So um, part of me is very glad that I was right uh, a, an, uh, a not quite equal part of me is um, uh, flipping the fuck out because that means things are uh, potentially worse than I thought <sighs> uh, there is one significant advantage mm -hmm. although the chip is able to receive commands it does not appear to be able to report status updates. This circuitous attempt of yours will not be necessary should it be required in other circumstances. Praise be. Okay. I don't think I could get a repeat performance. Um, <laughs> the woman in charge of the hospital has banned me from hospital grounds for life. Um. She's still sitting there and like hearing all this and being like... Yes, I'm sticking to my guns on this, but yes, like this internally, she's like, yeah, you're still banned, but uh, just mm, as oh attention boy. moves over to her, I just sort of hold up my hand and wave. She waves back. Uh, on that motion, I walk back into the Faraday cage. Um, okay, let's um, let's wake him up. All right, the anesthesiologist will uh, administer the stimulant and. Eventually, Bradford's eyes start opening up slowly, and for a brief second, you can actually see his pupils, and he's got beautiful baby blues, and then they just sort of cloud over as his uh, powers start to reactivate. <laughs> he goes, okay, all right. I'm going to assume you had a very good reason for doing this, especially after that conversation we had about how we trust each other and respect each other. So I'm going to give you about five minutes to explain yourself before I decide to press charges. 
I'm like not a lot nodding along the whole time he's talking like yes 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 um so and I like I regard the the medical professionals in the room um I'm not gonna send the three of you back yet because we need to make sure that he's good and I know that he needs to like be observed especially by you pointing at the neurosurgeon uh but if you all want to like get out of earshot because this is some dangerous shit and like knowing the details might actually put you in more danger up to you all though they they all get up and they walk out like they've they've had enough shit bullshit for today they're not going to deal with this anymore they don't want to deal with it anymore that's fine Okay, hi. Um, no, okay. Explanations first, because I like you and respect you and you asked for that. We'll get to uh, you doing a thing um, later. So, um, Arlen, it is Bradford. It is super weird to me. It was super weird to me that uh, we got called in uh, to consult, to investigate on your behalf on the Xerox case at the very beginning. Did you know about that? No. Okay, so Chris Hartwood and Tony Lehman called us into DHEA headquarters and asked us, the trendsetters, to figure out whether the person breaking into DHEA info banks had powers or not, so they could know who had jurisdiction over investigating and detaining that individual. He takes a minute to just process that. And he goes, Yeah, that's sketchy as fuck. Yeah, that's sketchy as fuck in hindsight, huh? That's, that's oh. sketchy as fuck. Like, in hindsight, why did you not? You're smart. No, c- continue. You only have like three and a half minutes left before I arrest, okay. arrest you. Um, so, so, so. Uh, next point of order. Um, uh, Calvin. Eskridge is dead and has been for, at minimum, like three and a half months. Um, older Megalad has the ability to uh, just have visions, uh, and they are reliable. We've been witness to like three of them at least, and they're all correct. They can be a little bit light on the details sometime, but they are correct. And we, when we tried to divine Calvin Eskridge's location, uh, he received a vision of a clean-picked skeleton at the bottom of a body of water. Uh, and this was like, this was immediately after we had that conversation with him in our base. So. Calvin Eskridge, the person, was dead at that moment. So somebody else was piloting 
the robotic proxy bodies. And who do we know, Bradford, that loves using robotic proxies to do awful shit? Well, until you said awful shit, I was going to be sarcastic and guess Edwin Steiner, but um, yeah, okay, I see where you're going with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, additional items here. Uh, so, so uh, Calvin Eskridge uh, is almost certainly the transistor tyrant. Um, also, additionally, uh, Tony Lehman, near as my sources can figure out, and my sources are the best sources, uh, Detective Tony Lehman didn't exist prior to 2020. Okay. And uh, his last name, and you know, this wouldn't stand up in court. His last name is meaningfully German. I don't follow. I don't speak German. <sighs> I, I have allowed my uh, knowledge of it to lapse as well because I don't need to use it too too often. It means vassal okay. in German. So we have a. Uh, police detective doesn't exist bringing us in on a consultation that is extremely sketchy and you had no knowledge of. Now, before I continue my explanation, this is the part where I have to ask you, who is Chris Hartwood? Are they uh, a person? Did you hire them? Yeah, like, I hired Chris way before the 2020 thing. He's been in DHEA for 10 years, I think. It's hard did to remember. Oh, good. Did you, did you personally do that? Like yeah. Like, the interview and the hiring process? Yeah. Can I ask you for something kind of weird? Okay. I mean, you're asking me for a lot of weird things right now, but yeah. Yeah, I know. We're, we're going to get there. Um, can you use your powers on yourself to check the memories of that interview? I mean, my chip would prevent me from doing that. Uh, no, we took that out. I took that out. Oh. Not we. I. I did that. Oh. Okay. That's... Yeah, that, that's what this was. That that's what that putting explains... you on was. That explains a lot. I mean, technically, yeah. your five minutes are up, but uh, I'm I'm not going to at this point. It's it's uh, you're, you're bringing up a lot of shit. Okay. Um. It's only going to get worse. I'm gonna roll his psychic versus his will. So he actually has a he actually has a good chance of resisting his own powers because his will is higher than his psychic. Uh, it happens. Uh, Two versus five. Okay, um, hold on. You've got Let's fate see. points, my dude. I know that's them, that's please. what I was, I was just I was just about to say I've got fate points here. Hold on. Um, I can invoke incredibly powerful telepath slash telekinetic, but that's the only one. That's the only aspect I can invoke right now. I think, and that 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 only brings it up to a four. Hang on, let me let me look at his fucking aspects. Mm, can you fucking invoke the fact that uh, 
he's a, a very high-ranking DHA officer, and so is very disciplined. And so even though uh, he's shaking off the effects of anesthesia, he would be on his game. I mean, that's constantly why I roll my high concept. You know what? You fucking talked me into it. Yeah. All right. There we go. Yes. Good. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you see his eyes and his tattoos start to, like, glow as he reads his own mind. He's like, this is so fucking weird. I've never done this before. Uh, I mean, yeah, they the memories are legit, which out of character, you would know means jack shit with the chip in his brain. Well, implanted memories are not necessarily as comprehensive as natural memories. He did not succeed with style. Ah, so that's the that's the factor. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um. So I I don't know what it looks like when you use your psychic powers on people. I need you to look for like seams. Look for the uh, heat affected zone of a weld. Arlen, okay. You're probably just you're you're gonna snap out and lose all your progress here. Uh, the chip that's been in your brain can implant memories. What the f- fuck? Oh my god! I hate the fucking transistor tyrant so much. Okay. Yeah, same. I have the technical specifications. If you require assurance. Uh, no, no, it's okay. I'll try again. And he's gonna try again. Also, I brought this up earlier, but programmers tend to have a certain way of programming that is sort of unique to that person. And since we succeeded in style with deciphering the programming, do we know whether the uh, double T's wrote this program himself? That you would not know because no one's been able to get a hold of a functioning piece of Kestoran technology in literal decades. So it would be it would basically be impossible. This would be your first look at at it if that was the case. Yeah, and programming languages have advanced significantly in that time. Yes. But uh, for future reference, perhaps, we should make a note of this. Alright, so he's going to try again. Uh, he does not have to succeed with style because he's looking for something very specific, but he still has a better than average chance of failing considering his will is higher than his psychic. Why can't you just choose to fail rolls? Well, the good news is he can spend a fate point and succeed. Okay. <laughs> which he's going to do. This um, is the dumbest use of a fate point so far. <laughs> I would like that noted for the record. No, no I don't know. it's been in several sessions. You stop I, hogging the brain cell. I have <laughs> used my fate points extremely effectively in this entire campaign. So, he says... All right, yeah, there's there's some stuff that's been messed around with my brain starting oh God, like 
I don't know, looks like some implanted memories are as far back as like 15 years? Uh, hold on, I'm trying to... Uh, looks like the earliest one is probably right around when I joined the DHEA. Uh, I can't pick apart which ones are real and which ones are fake though, like it's... But there's definitely some shit that's been messed around with... with that. <sighs> okay, okay. So he essentially can't tell if Heartwood is fake, but you definitely know like it, there's a possibility that Heartwood is a deep fake. Okay, so, so here's my thought. Here, here's the this the scenario that I'm operating under. So number number one, you you, you indicated that Eskridge like basically stopped showing up for work uh, the day that we broke into the black site, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So that's really weird to me because Eskridge is the transistor tyrant. This is how I arrived at the brain chip being a problem. Um, Eskridge is the transistor tyrant and TT ditched Eskridge. He ditched the persona before he knew he had to. He stopped being Eskridge before we released the video. So he gave up a significant source of power. Why would a guy like that do that? Because he was certain that the persona was no longer a key to maintaining that power. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, okay, okay. I think I've got an idea. Yes? Remember all those Black Sight projects that Scritch was running? Yeah. Yeah, what if they weren't just going to the DHEA? What if they were going somewhere else and... Oh yeah, yeah, super. Like, that guy is sitting. He, he is observing all those projects live. That's why, you know what? Um, you're going to want to pay super special attention to Junction Box because the dude knows your hard counter to him. And so if you deploy that, he is going to have a hard counter to your hard counter set up in advance. And so he will either capture it and turn it on you or he will stop it and use it as justification to come invade. Uh, so watch that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all everything else, everything else is also in his hands already. Um, or he has already built in a back door in order to subvert it. Yeah, th those chips are standard issue, right? Yeah, yeah, the chips are standard issue. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately... We have to consider every single DHEA agent as compromised, and we don't know what memories they have. We don't know who has memories of the of Archibald DeFay saving their parents and then them swearing lifelong loyalty to him, or whatever. Oh, and also he's got a Rundium. 
Uh, yeah, uh, that's why I was asking for the data sheets on uh, that yeah, because I thought I uh, thought that was a little weird, but you know, okay. Um, he's got yeah, uh, we he's don't want to we don't want to kill people that we are definitely going to have to throw down with. Something he's got he's got Rundium, He's got fucking whatever progress we've made on cosmic. Uh, he's got cheap knockoffs of zero. Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, it's bad. Um, so there's all of that, but there's something else. There's there's something else that I'm going to need your help with when we get back. And I don't know when that's going to be. We have to go do a thing in the space between dimensions. Um, a very important person to me has... Um, effectively been kidnapped by God and we have to go fix that. Your life is weirder than mine. Yeah. Um, and apparently time flows funny in the space between realities. So we might be gone a while. So we'll have to get back on this um, when we get back. And uh, hey, here's another good part of you being high command. Uh, coming up is uh, you're going to have time not in the field sitting behind a desk where you can pick through your own brain looking for uh, more modded memories, fucking I don't know um, MK Ultra phrases to activate you you're going to need to get all that out but the other thing and this, this is what's bugging me uh, specifically this, why were we told about Xerox that I have no fucking idea. So what was that? That's like a rhetorical question because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a fucking Pepe Sylvia board for you here, uh, my guy. What happens if we beat Xerox? It's either a I kill her because I do that sometimes, but I generally don't. Uh, because I want people to get therapy and live good, productive lives and be healthy. Uh, more likely is we beat her and uh, capture her, and she goes into the Supermax prison that is jointly managed by you, which is run by him pointing eastward. <laughs> uh, and also the police which are, at least to some degree, infiltrated by him. At this point, he's like, sitting up and trying to think. It's like, okay, alright. What the fuck? And then, like, so... McKay was gunning for Project Blue Bomber. How does she know about it? Yeah, no, no, that's a question I've been asking since we found out it was McKay and we and we arrested her and she has not said jack shit yeah. in jail. She's Yeah. But if Eskridge is the transistor tyrant, he might have some plan in mind that involves feeding her that info. 
just a file winds up on her desk one day mysteriously and now she knows about Project Blue Bomber, which is the push that she needs to get started. Which is why she's doing all the break-ins and taking the body parts beforehand, because she needs a toolkit to break into a black site. Did she also get the chip implant? She did. It is possible that she was a prototype. An examination of what would happen if memories were implanted directly. But you you think her brother being one of the victims is was a scam? That like, no, no, that couldn't possibly be true because more people than just the DHEA know that her brother had died. That's a matter of public record. I believe that her brother was not planted. However, her subsequent erratic behavior may have been a result of experimentation using the memory implantation. Um, to clarify, what I mean by scam is, um, maybe Sam didn't kill him? I believe that she was chosen because her brother was killed and thus had a motivation in the correct direction for Archibald's intentions. Like, you can go check the grave just to make sure there's a body in there and we can run no, DNA tests. No, 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 no. He's dead. He was killed. But not by Sam. I don't believe that going to such extremes is entirely necessary. I don't know if it's an extreme. It's just kill one dude and then put memories in her head of him dying this particular way. I don't know. I think you're. I think you're starting to pull a little bit. I mean, I'm. I'm not willing. Yeah. I mean, this. I'm. I'm willing to be wrong about this one point. It doesn't actually affect anything. My hypothesis is specifically that additional memories were implanted into Xerox that provide her with motivation to take action as opposed to simply mourn her brother as being a casualty of a super fight. Could be. I mean, there's a lot of could-bes here. But and if she could also very well have learned about the Black Sight from implanted memories. Also could be. And I'm most concerned about now is that if she's still got that chip in her head, I don't know if they would have removed that at any point in the last couple of months. Uh, no, they're kind of hard to remove, so we usually keep them in there regardless of, of employment. Yeah, so she is presently sitting in a facility that uh, is, let's be real here, uh, completely run by the transistor tyrant uh, with a chip in her brain that can rewrite and add in memories so she could just be getting downloaded with all kinds of who knows what while she's just sitting in there stewing now that she is not being observed in the 
correct format. It could be that she is being fully brainwashed instead of merely pushed. Yeah. So we need to find out. We need to find out what's happening to her in there. Because if the answer is anything more than nothing, then that that starts to give us a shape of whatever plan he has for her. At this point, you're probably going to get the psychic message that the astro that everything's ready. I just like look up the sky and kind of frown. Okay, we just got our call that um, uh, the consultation that we're setting up with regards to uh, invading the kingdom of heaven is uh, ready to go, so we can't be here too, too much longer. Um, so I guess um, action items. <sighs> Bradford, get your own psychic space figured out. Uh, detox yourself. You've got time. You'll have space to do it. Um, isolating McKay isn't going to do anything since she can just receive signals and her brain can get overwritten, but um, to the greatest extent that you can, have some kind of track. I, I haven't ever actually been inside the Supermax prison. I'm definitely going to want to when we get back because I, I want to talk to her face to face. Um, it's a good thing you're telling me now because that t- that takes a while to set up. Yeah. Um, Especially since you're not on her visitor list. <laughs> uh, I don't know if the inmates like get yard time or whatever, but if they do, and if there's a fight, and if somebody like, you know, gets a finger bitten off or something, uh, just make a note of that. And and this is the thing where I guess I like technically ask you to commit, um, I don't know, maybe espionage against your own country, but any information that you can forward to Silver Skeleton to prep another side in case we can't disarm this. Okay, uh, that does that does carry the death penalty if I get caught, but I mean, okay. But just um, the the heck metal, and um, uh, and and I do that kind of like that zoomer thing of like nervous shyness of tapping the tips of your pointer fingers together. Um, you you said you were gonna uh, get me one of those refraction masks, uh, right? You know, yeah, that'll be that. That'll be done by the time you get back. Hopefully, depending on how long you take. If you're back tomorrow, I can't guarantee it. Can't guarantee it. But if it takes like, I don't know, two or three weeks, yeah, probably. Yeah. If if we're still gone by the time you've secured the sample, just send it on over to Wesley Calvert. He'll, okay. He will be dying to start analysis on it. Um. 
And then I guess just be safe. Keep your eyes and ears open. I don't know how long we're going to be gone, but the clock's going to advance while we're out. So, and you're, and you're going to be the only other one who knows that all this is happening. The only one present who knows that this is happening. I'm so, I'm sorry I put that on you, but. It's my job, especially now that I'm basically in charge. Yeah. You guys have been busy today trying to make sure I get in charge. Yes. Uh, we like you. We want you to be in charge. <laughs> At least until well, you can put somebody you like and trust in charge. In addition, you are now currently the only non-compromised DHEA agent. Yeah, that uh, this, that that whole trust thing, that's thrown out the window. I'm going to be in this position for a while. Shit. I'm not going to get to see you as often. No, you are not. I don't like that. So yeah, just I guess like questions, thoughts. Uh, no, I'm I'm too doped up right now to think of questions or anything right now. Okay. Um, I did promise you food. Do you have an appetite? Not really, but. I know you, just like, I don't know. Drop me off at my place and send and like DoorDash some pizza to, to me. I'll put like, I'll float it over to my fridge and eat it when I get there. The man has had neurological surgery. He's going to be in hospital for observation. That is why we kept some of the hospital staff here. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, yeah. like this is not something that's but he going does away get this overnight. Nice lollipop for being a good boy. <laughs> He's gonna be in for a little while. I mean, technically, nothing was cut open, so. Yeah, even so, there is a, a gap in his brain where no gap used to be. <laughs> there is a gob of saline in his brain, and like I was saying in chat, that can help prevent the risk of complications, but it's not eliminating the risk. He's also not thinking clearly. He's still very doped up. Yeah. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, well, that's... Yeah. Look, look, I, I'm, I'm going to call the medical professionals back into the room and, like, tell them what I'm going to do with him, and then the fucking neurosurgeon can say, no, actually, that's incorrect. No, <laughs> no absolutely not. But what I'm actually going to say before that happens is, okay, I'll do that, but also, when I get back, I'm going to cook, and then I'm going to come to your office with food. And he will take a lunch break. Okay. It'll probably be in Washington unless I decide to move it. You know what? That's a thing. Cook kept her office in Halcyon. You might not see me less often than you think. My eyes just fucking light up. <laughs> like, that's that's the first bit of good news I have gotten all day. Yeah, as director, I can just put my office wherever the fuck I feel like. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Eskridge chose Washington because he hated Halcyon and just wanted to be where the rest of the bureaus were. But like, I can just put it wherever the fuck I want. I can put it in San Antonio if I want. I'm not going to, but. Interesting place to put it. it it's happened before. Okay. Um, 
Alright, I am sure... I am sure our guy is getting antsy, so, um... Uh, let me get the medical professionals back in here so we can relocate this back to, uh, known... You're sending him where? <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You say, I'm sending him back home, and the nurse uh, goes, uh, actually, no, you're not. <laughs> this is what's happening. You're doing this instead. I don't care if you've kidnapped me against my will and have held an entire hospital hostage. This is what you're doing. You're listening to me now. This is why I brought you in here. <laughs> so you could boss me around on this specific point. And related specific points. Okay, yeah. Um... So I will put uh, all of you um, back in the hospital. Two of us will go back to base. I'll get all your cell phones and put them in your office so you can have them back. Um, Bradford, if you can assure them that no charges will be pressed on their hospital and they don't have to worry about legal action, I think I'm going to What they said, I'm starting to feel it again. Ooh, boy. Okay, okay. Let's, uh, let's put you in a place where you can lie down. Um, be safe. I'll see you when I get back. At that, uh, we can switch focus. Well, I do have one more thing. Oh, okay. A mechanics thing, in fact. I would like to spend a fate point to declare a story detail. Okay. What are you going to declare? I would like to declare that the memory alteration software is at least partly based on the publicly available patents used for NC-11's memory recording system. Hmm. Which means that in the future, once I've worked out how exactly to do so, I would like to be able to basically point at someone with the memory chip and just sort of fuck with them. <laughs> that would require a roll. I would not like give you that for free, but I will give you the fact that you have used the fate point to establish this as the means to even make that roll. Does that sound fair? That is exactly what I am asking for. Okay, then yes, you may declare that. So, uh, Robin and Zero in the base. Hey, do you get, like, psychic stuff? I got a psychic thing from Psychic Boy in Space. I do not. Established well back during the original Cact invasion that, uh, NC-11 does not have a brain in the recognizable psychic sense. Okay. Then I will send a text message to Felix and ask, Hey, did you just get that? Brain message from Brain Boy. Hold on, let me check and see if it went to voicemail here. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, yeah, there it is. Okay, yeah. Hmm. Okay, cool. We should probably all gather up then. The second you get into the base, you see a big swirly blue portal. Oh, alright. I'm gonna just sit here and kick my feet until Felix shows up because I would want us all to go through at the same time. Presumably Felix walks in at some point. Hi, I'm walking in. 
<laughs> Perfect. Noted. Hi, are you ready for whatever bullshit this is going to be? No, but let's go ahead anyway. How oh, good. I'm glad it's not just me. Okay. You walking through? Yes. Sweet. So the portal takes you out in front, and it's clear some work's been done. So you're out in front. This is on a red carpet in front of the Megalad multiplex, which is like a, a several-story tall office building. The building's grey because I couldn't be bothered to paint the building itself, but the sign is has been done in a very garish blue and red, looking like my logo. Okay. Um. Let it not be said, the man has no sense of flair, I guess. I wonder if sound carries. Yo! Blue man! You hear a voice and you say, saying, come on in. There is a front door. I'm going to hold Felix's hand. I'm very frazzled right now and I need a handhold, but uh, I'm coming through. Your emotional support animal. <laughs> I think... Uh... With that in mind, I will take the lead going inside. You're in a bubble of atmosphere, so like sound travels, you're in like normal gravity, that kind of thing. It's comfortable, if a bit weird. Okay. And when you enter the reception, you can see that for, for reasons best known only to myself, I have created numerous constructs of what looks like office workers, including a receptionist at the desk. This, this probably would have taken less time if he didn't have to do all of this extra bullshit. But also, we are here to see Megalad. Oh, you wish to see Mr. Lad? I will bus you in. Mr. Lad. Please tell me that the, the receptionist just says buzz instead of actually buzzing anybody in. She does press say buzz as she pushes a button. Okay. And it's, I will it's, also it, that. It, it's very clearly just she's pushing in on a bit of moving rock. The button's not collect, connected <laughs> to anything, but at the same time, what looks like door, lift doors do open. And I have to imagine that she does not sound like an actual female voice, but just Megalat with his voice pitched up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just, I want to lean over to Robin and be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> so I, I might have underestimated the degree of mental illness he acquired in his time away. Did you get in the lift? Yeah. Ad has his hobbies, I guess. Yeah, getting in All right, the lift. Uh, so now Nantab has to hum "Girl from Ipanina" uh, until this scene ends. <laughs> I look at the button and I, I hit the one that's labeled ML. <laughs> yes, that's the button. <laughs> there are How no many other buttons, buttons. Are there? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have time to put in buttons to every floor. <laughs> None of the other floors actually have anything on them. Uh, is this, you know, my power's based on the imagination, but I was working under a time limit. <laughs> Floors can be added as required. You get to the top floor and it, it looks like a, a fancy penthouse kind of thing. And after 
going through a set of double doors, you see old Megalad. There's a computer in there. He's obviously got on a computer from somewhere um, and a big screen. And there's a big oval table and he is sat at the head of the table. Oh, hello. Is that one of our ISO units? You know those don't do anything, right? No, it's a computer. Yeah, one. I, you pulled that out of the base, right? That's one of our ISO units. No, I bought a new computer. It it can I, run Doom. I <laughs> well. <laughs> so can this dude. <laughs> that is saying <laughs> the least <laughs> amount of anything. I have seen Doom on pregnancy tests. I ran Doom on a pizza box once. I mean, it is an isolated unit in that it's not connected to the internet, but you... Remember that time we were bored and we hacked a billboard and played Doom on it? That was fun. <laughs> I do remember that. It, 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 is, linked to, it is linked to my Steam account. <laughs> What's your Steam name? What's your Steam name? Grumbungus sucks 69. I accept this. That means that Gary didn't have a Steam account until after he first encountered Grumbungus. <laughs> yeah, but he spent a lot of money on Steam in that short time between that and leaving. It's 2,000 games. Oh my god. Shit. His backlog is stupid. Tremendous. <laughs> Stupid is the correct word. Uh, okay, so we're here. Um, how does this work? Um, I have managed to make a sort of very small pinprick in the universe. When we are ready, um, I will send a psychic message to the mentor who will come and meet us. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna be the one to ask since nobody else was gonna go there. What the fuck is up with like your secretary and like everything else? Oh, uh, I can't. It, on this side, I can't make people. I can. I. It's just a pre-recorded message. Okay, but why though? Well, one must do these things properly. I don't think we're getting a better explanation than that. I think we just have yeah, to accept that's fair. that and move on with our lives. We'll talk about. We're, we're going to have a talk when we get back. Look, you guys Where, have a you guys have a Faraday or, uh, Mr. Lad. You've got, you've, got you've got a warehouse. You've got casino money. What do I have? Um, okay. Well, I'm as ready for this as I can possibly be, unless you give me like a week to actually decompress from all the shit that's happened, and I don't think I want to wait another week. Well, I mean, it's, it's a, we could wait if you wanted, but um, you won't, let's face it. Yeah, I, I don't actually want to wait because I know time is screwy between there and here, but I... I don't. I would like to get on this before the process is complete, if possible. Which means doing it now. Okay. Um, anything you need to talk to me about before we begin? Everything. Everything that's in my head right now can wait until we're done. Okay, cool. 
There are things that I'm going to need to bring the team up to speed on, everybody, but that wait that can wait until after, I think. So let's just go. Okay. I, in that case, I send a psychic message through the pinprick. All right, what is the exact message that you send to the mentor? Just something along the lines of, Mentor, we have more questions about the divine energy process currently afflicting Switch's sister. We request a meeting now, please. You get back. Uh, new phone, who dis? <laughs> new, new phone, who dis? There is a brief pause. And by brief, I mean like several minutes. And finally, you get a reply with I cannot leave where I am during this delicate time. I am going to try and pull you through. But know this. I do not have any control over the defenses I have set up. And for what you are about to experience, I am truly sorry. Um, Switch, uh, Felix, I very roughly linked my mind to theirs, so that the sensation of there being absolutely nothing in between won't cause them to go insane. Yeah, I'll allow it. And Zero, I guess I'm sending you, because I can sense electromagnetic energy, so I guess I'm sending you some broad energy that does the same thing so you can actually sense what's going on. Because otherwise it'd be like a capture for you. She starts to pull you all through. A swirling cacophony of shapes, colors, and some would even say ideas are violently merging into each other loudly. It overwhelms everyone's senses, everyone's. It's easy to understand why for Sundog, his heightened senses adding to an already chaotic situation are just fucking with him. Switches, for all intents and purposes, still mostly human. For Zero, it's the pure, unhinged, raw data being forced into his sensors, taking in so much information that his systems start to chug, trying to interpret it all correctly. Megalad has, in all his years and creations, never seen anything like this either likely something his unconscious mind was protecting him from. It's beautiful. It's ugly. It's creation. It's destruction. It's art. It's Dada. And it hurts. One at a time. Please roll me physique and will. And I'm going to roll just a single number that you are trying to beat. Okay, I want to see the number first. Okay, so it's just a flat five. Should we do this in order so it's easier to resolve? Yeah. Yep, so I'm going physique. Oh, shit. Okay. Then will. I'm going to use an aspect on the will, um, vast cosmic knowledge. Okay. So you succeed at a minor cost? Or no, no, because this is an attack technically, so um, there's... This a, um, process would get a boost against him which yes. probably just means nothing. It, it, it probably amounts to just it being fine, uh, unless this attack is going to happen again. No, it's 
Uh, so you take. I'm marking my fourth. Yeah, you, box. Mark, you mark your fourth stretch box. Okay. Um, who wants to go next? I'll go. Okay. So you can see. Mm-hmm. And well. Okay. Do you want to spend fate points on either of those? Physical box two, mental box three. I can eat those, sure. Okay. I'll take it. I'm probably going to get really fucked here because actually my defensive stats are pretty low. So that's a two on will and a zero on physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would mean that you would have to take at least a minor consequence if you don't spend any fate points. I never actually got rid of my sprained ankle. Ooh, so you there has never been a moment for me to have that happen, so I would actually be yeah. moving straight to my moderate consequence and then ticking my first physical box. Okay. Uh Can't are you your going foot to... just broke. Are you gonna spend a fate point to prevent that from happening? Yeah, I'll uh spend a couple I'll spend a point or two so let me think here I'm taking five damage I can get it down to three damage and just have that sit on my box uh do I have an aspect that would insulate me from this in any way I am technically a conduit for the background radiation of this awful space so as it starts to insulate me I I want to put a bubble around myself, around my body. Wait, and where's that because... from? What? Being conduit for the for the energy of this space. The dimensional energy is the background radiation of this space. No, no, it's the it's the background radiation of the space you just came from. Always has Which been. Which comes from the space between. No. Then why is it issuing out of a black hole in the center of the universe? Where is it coming from? It just is. That's kind of horseshit. I've never once said it comes from here. Well, I have, and you didn't contradict me. (laughs) Anyways, I'm invoking bubbling cauldron of dimensional energy. I'm putting a bubble around me. Okay. Taking three on each. Zero. You do roll both. Fortunately, my defense stats are my best stats, so I just need to roll decent here. Okay, okay. matched with physique. And one less with will. That's the first mental stress box for me. Yes. Okay. And just uh, for reference, what Zero does is curl up into a ball. And unlike a human, Zero can turn into an actual ball. <laughs> so, as half of you are assaulted both physically and mentally. There are odd things that happen out of this ridiculous and vibrant universe. There are things that start forming around you. And when I say forming, I mean more like coming into a rough idea of a form. They're kind of melty and gooey and they don't really look like they can hold a consistent shape for very long, and 12 of these form.
And I think we're going to call it there. Okay. Because I, I figure a fight will take longer than um, longer than anybody wants to be here for almost 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> anybody except me, for whom it is 7.45. Yes. Yes. So I want to make that law wrong. Oh, yeah. Go, oh, yeah, you can, you can try and do that. Okay, let's start uh, tuning. I, I forgot. Yeah, you started tuning. Go, go for it. Roll the. That's board. a six. I can. Okay. That's, okay. Ooh. So, yeah, you can um, create an advantage for uh, for yourself. Um, uh, this isn't this isn't to create an advantage so much as it is to start. Let's say when I say you start tuning, it's basically I don't. I want to be able to see properly without having this hurt. Oh, no, the, the hurting thing was only going to ever happen once, and it was mostly to see how many mobs that you, uh, you guys end up fighting. In that case, the advantage I'd like to create is cool. I can see properly now. Okay. I will say this. You will get a refresher on your fate points. Please keep your uh, stress boxes marked. It would not make sense if you came into the thing, got hurt, and then immediately felt better again. That'd be weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to say I had a lot of thoughts planned for how uh, uh, for how this was going to resolve itself. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> you, you, you've ruined several nights of planning on my part. I hope you this is why you shouldn't plan too far ahead of time. All right, uh, minor minor milestone for everybody. Well, since next uh, since next time is just going to be like a fight and then uh talking with somebody who can't be rolled against i might as well make myself uh, readier to fight okay okay my prime uh my fight score is a three my main combat skill swap is a five let's um let's swap my physique and rapport skills I'm not going to be able to rapport at uh, either of these things. <laughs> I am swapping fight with engineering, bringing fight up to three. Okay. N- narratively, to justify myself getting so much stronger, I'll be taking all of my stored reserves of dimensional energy and just like channeling it directly into my skin. Oh, cool. You're making yourself nice and visible for the librarian. We're in the fucking pocket dimension outside of our universe. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Where, where the librarian lives. <laughs> no, the librarian is very specifically a material plane thing and is constantly traveling across every universe and uh, eating planets, essentially. Oh, the one place you're safe, then. Yeah, Exactly. Ape, you're going to use your miner on anything? Uh, at the moment, I'll probably think of something later. Okay. If you're, if you're, if any of your fighty skills need to be upped, uh, now's probably the time to up them. I'm going to need law to establish one thing. All right. Well, in that case, way, uh, you... go ahead. I was going to say, if Switch had bothered to have a conversation with me about all the stuff they found out, I'd have probably said to scan capitalist for a chip. When we get back. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to hide all of this shit from my team. It's just priorities. Yeah. 
All right. So thank you players for playing. Thank you listeners for listening. Uh, next time shenanigans. Love that. I mean, that's, that's every time, but, but specifically next time is also shenanigans. So shenanigans. Good night. Good night. Or good day or morning or whatever the hell it is.